Hello and welcome to the Modern Homeschooler. You guys, it has been a hot second since I have done a podcast. Um, you know, life happens. But here we are. And today we are going to be talking about video games. And it's not just me here. We have Harrison, our son. Hi. And my husband, Ben. Hello. And the three of us are going to talk about video gaming. I feel like this is something that just rolls around the mom circles. Like, are video games okay? Should we play them? Like, what do we really think about them? And so I thought it would be good for the three of us to have a conversation about video gaming and including our almost 13-year-old son, our almost teenager. Adelaide plays video games as well, but she's not quite on the same uh, level as Harrison is when it comes to the video gaming world. You just love them. Adelaide yeah. would, would sit around and craft just as much as she plays video games. Probably. Yeah. So um, so today we just want to talk about video games and technology. Now, Ben, will you tell the world, um, just a reminder, what you do in life? <laughs> <laughs> in life. I, uh, for a job, I'm an electronic technician. I work on the voice and data networks for the control systems for a power company. And which means he has been on the bleeding edge of technology for the last 20 years. And tell people... It has been a while. (laughs) (laughs) Tell people what bleeding edge of technology is, for those that don't know. Uh, Well, it's it's the the cutting edge is the the norm and adopted industry-wide. The bleeding edge is the uh, unproven first release of technology. The unproven first release of technology, meaning we always pay a lot of money for the first edition of electronics. We're the ones that paid the, you know, not oh, not when we were married because it already happened. But if microwaves had come out, we would be the people paying $850 for the microwave before. But we're also the people that respond and actually make electronics better because we're the first to adopt and then say... Hey, this could be better here to the, to I love, the people. I love being a beta tester. Or yes. if you can get involved in the first option, that would be the alpha testers. The alpha testers. Yeah. I didn't even know that existed. Oh, yeah. beta? There's, alpha, there's alpha, 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 there's then, alpha beta. then beta. Oh, clearly. This is how little I know. Anyway, so you guys, uh, said so that all to say, uh, what we're saying is, is that Ben has been around electronics for 20 years, and he's very... Um, well-versed in a lot of the electronic stuff. And I think that's why Ben and I have a little different perspective on video gaming. And so that's what we're going to talk about. So um, the first thing that we like to, that a lot of people like to say is that um, video gaming is mind-numbing. And I think here a lot of us aren't, in, in the homeschooling world, we aren't debating like, are they um, moral or immoral, because I think we all agree, first off, we're not going to have our kids be playing uh, Grand Theft Auto, where the, you know, the whole point of the game is to, you know, do bad things, do really horrible <laughs> things. Like, we're talking about, like, is it, okay, you know, oh, how often should my kid play Minecraft? Like, so we're not really going to discuss the, the, that, morality the morality side of it, because I think that's really not the argument here. The argument here that a lot of mom, homeschooling moms are worried about is the mind numbing activity of it. So, Ben, what is your perspective growing up in the tech world? And, yeah. Well, I think that video games, most video games, at least ones I choose to play, are ha- have an opportunity to learn in them. They have a set of puzzles, a set of problems that you must figure out. There is 
Uh, the ones I prefer to play have social interaction. They're set up to be played with your friends, with other people, so there's a lot of coordination. There's a lot of social interaction and communication revolving the game and the puzzles presented to have to figure out. Right. So I, I don't play what would be considered mind-numbing games, in my opinion. Um, they're, it's not a game that you just play without any sort of real direction what game what games did you play growing up because that's kind of the thing right now for me is like a lot like you're kind of a bit of the proof of a lot of things when i say ben was homeschooled k through 12 he's normal in society ben did video games growing up and look he's not mind-numbingly boring lame dude so i mean when i was growing (laughs) up atari sega genesis there was oh we didn't have a sega we had an atari 2600 and then atari 7800 we finally got an NES. Uh, the really old games. There was some puzzles, um, but I was fairly young, and I didn't. You know, th- those were those were like pinball and some random stuff like that. Those would be more of the mind-numbing ones, in my opinion. Um, Zelda, the first original Zelda that oh. came out. That so what's that? Lo- when people have the argument of, well, those games back then are way different than today's games. What do you say to that? Well, I think the early games were more like Pong. I mean, like the early, honestly, mind numbing. They were more mind numbing. They were they were just a recreation of a tabletop game or, or something of like that. Zelda, I think, was. I mean, there was Mario and Duck Hunt. Mm-hmm. Duck Hunt had some hand eye coordination. I mean, they all have some hand eye coordination, being able to manipulate your whatever you're controlling on screen the mm-hmm. way you want to be able to to understand. If I do this to my controller, I can move my character or paddle or whatever in this. So there is some of that. Mm-hmm. That would be robotics involved. Um, but, like, Zelda had a lot of puzzles in it for, on a, on an early stage. of uh, There's no guide of do this, then do that. You had to go figure out what to do. So Yeah, and that's what I found. But still yeah. early stages, though. It wasn't anywhere complex like today's stuff. Well, and that's what I find interesting is I almost find, like, sometimes when people say, yeah, I'll let my kid play video games, but only the old ones because whatever. And I'm like, but those are, like, that's like saying I'm only going to let my kid do you know, first grade math because that's old and it was fine. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I, I, I don't know. So you, you think like I, today's games are actually much better. The modern games are much better for problem solving all the things. I do. Um, I think that also the old games didn't hold your attention. And I think that is probably part of the difference is the, the people are saying, well, I played video games, but I only wanted to play them for a half hour. Like, well, yeah, there really wasn't much to do. It was they were boring, <laughs> boring over overall thing. Or you could you could beat Mario in like a day if you wanted to, like the well, whole entire. They have people to beat it in in like fifteen minutes. They do speed runs right. through mm-hmm. that and, and beat the original Mario. Uh, yeah, it's but, kind of to me that equates a little bit to like board games versus card games. Or certain card games, this is fun because it's a ten minute game. You can play it during lunch. Versus, let's pull out a four hour game of Settlers with all the expansions. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. There's a there's a big difference, and I think, like, you know, some of the some of the puzzly ones like say the uncharted series um there's some some language and stuff in that but there is a lot of puzzles that you have to figure out you end up with somewhere and there's no direction on what to do and you just have to figure out what to do to solve the puzzle and if you played through i'm not sure what it would take to pay through uncharted but it's it's a you know eight ten hours at least if you did it the whole time yeah versus and your your attention would be held the whole time. So I think that the the issue potentially is that 
well, they never want to get off. They're continuing. Like, well, yeah, mm-hmm. it's actually holding their attention. They're continuing to try to solve problems and figure out the story of what's going on versus the original Duck Hunt or Mario or mm-hmm. the old they solved all the it's problems. Like, Pong, you only play the game so many times. There's nothing right. to hold your attention. Which is interesting because one thing people say a lot is, well, video games can be addictive. And it's like, well, yeah, because for someone like Ben, who is a massive problem solver, like even before this podcast started today, we had issues with the podcast microphone. And I was like, ah, let's just use this or let's use that. And, and next thing I you know, Ben has the whole entire uh, microphone torn apart. And he's like, let's figure this out. Like he's that he's a, a perpetual problem solver. So, and um, a lot of men are that way. And so when you get video games where there's something always to be solved, it's going to be addictive because they want to continue to solve problems. It's like putting the book down in the first chapter. Yeah. I've got, ten, you know, four, got four ten inches more, more books to do. Right. I want to keep finishing so it. It's interesting, like the addictive, yeah, obviously we could say it can be addictive because of the bright colored screens and all the stuff, but you can also... See it. Ben's like shaking his head. No, like <laughs> it's not addictive because of that. It's addictive because you're trying to finish the story. You're trying to complete right. the thing. So it's kind of interesting how, just like we say, oh, this book was so addicting, and we say that in a good way. We can also say that about video games in a certain sense, if you look at it from that perspective. That, I mean, you know, I mean, obviously, you don't want your kid playing video games for ten hours a day. But I'm just saying, like, sometimes you have to see why it's addicting, not that. It just is, you know? So I think sometimes if there are boys out there or or girls too who don't want to get off the video game, figure out what it is. Is it because they're not getting mentally stimulated once they get off because they can't problem solve? Is it something else like that? And sometimes it's even, you know, I I personally don't like Fortnite and I don't think there's there's not a story to it in my opinion. There's, There's a lot of things it doesn't have, but it does have the ability to play with your friends and engineer how strategize how you're going to be the best for that round and yeah. so there's in that there's not a story or problems to solve but there are uh, lots of collections and lots of achievements to unlock so it's not like you're trying to solve the problem but you are trying to trying to be the best and you're trying to attain mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that level of reward and you're trying to finish the season pass and there's lots of things to attain in it it's a different type so you're not necessarily addicted to, to finishing the story but you're addicted to completing the challenges set before you like yeah Harrison and what do you lot, yeah there's lots of collections a lot of times they won't be done because I have a lot of friends that play it and that's Fortnite is built to play with friends I'd say you can because you can play with people who don't even own like a video game console they can pull out their phone and play with you mm-hmm. it's that's that's a lot of the reason i like playing because i get a lot of time to spend with my friends online even because yeah. we don't always have like i have friends who live hours away that i can't really play with all the time yeah, and I well, yeah, and that's what I find interesting too. Harrison actually is quite a conversationalist, just like Ben is. Ben actually can talk more than I can, believe it or not. <laughs> um, anyway, I have a lot to say. Ben has a lot to say. We both do. Obviously, we are, we're doing a podcast. Anyway, but, but um, Ben Harrison is the same way, and you know he's you know not too many teenager boys are going to pick up the phone and have a conversation on the phone with their guy friends. You know, that's just four not, hours for four four <laughs> hours. That's all they do. But Harrison said, you know, this is my way to connect with my friends because we'll sit and have a full conversation while we're playing this game. And we're t- yeah. you, you talk about other things besides the video game or? Yeah, we'll just talk about all sorts of random things. Yeah. Especially yeah. with, 
you know, our, our current situation of, of quarantine, like we don't have the ability to all join up and have right. a, a Nerf war or whatever, mm-hmm. a big board, board game session or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is an opportunity to be able to do that. But especially for, for, I, you know, away from kids, for adults that have, that have work and family and everything else, a lot of times we only have, you know, at 10 o'clock, you can't. 10 just, p.m. at night. Yeah, at 10 p.m. at night, you, you don't have the opportunity to, hey, I'm going to go down to the coffee shop and hang out for a while. It's mm-hmm. like, well, you got to stay here because the kids are asleep or, you know, whatever. You have yeah. the opportunity to get together. And we aren't the people just to head out to the bar <laughs> to the club. Yeah, well, yeah, I guess that's a thing, too. Um, <laughs> but, you know, there's lots of times that, you know, you're busy working or something or other dads have, have wives that are busy and they're responsible for watching the kids and staying home because the wife has to go do something. But, you know, they can't leave the house. But we can get online and talk to each other and play a game together and we can yeah. spend some time together, which sometimes, for, you know, it's it's like one hour every three weeks for some time. You're like, hey, at least I got to spend an hour, you know, talking about what's... Yeah. And also that with the program, um, with the video game that you guys are doing, you found a Christian clan, right? Yeah, what video right. game is that? It's in Destiny 2. Yeah. So in Destiny 2, you found this Christian clan of men where you said you had to be a Christian and you can't swear. And also, too, you would have to give your testimony online to a whole bunch of random strangers, and you guys actually discussed issues, like yeah. you all the issues. So, so there's a lot to it, and I and I think um, the thing is, you don't realize when you. I think a lot of times moms, when they say, okay, go play video video games, you're kind of going like, okay, well, this is their guilty pleasure, and I feel bad for the whole hour and a half that they're playing it. When you don't realize they're talking with their friends, they're problem solving, they're using hand-eye coordination in the middle of the games. They're also, they're honestly, it's conflict resolution. I can't tell you how many times I hear Harrison yelling at his buddy, why did you kill me? Right? Well, kind of. <laughs> there's there's a lot of teamwork that goes into stuff, and if not if everybody doesn't play their thing right, it all falls apart. Right, but you have to learn how to communicate with them online. Yeah. I mean, more than on one occasion, I've yelled from upstairs, Harrison, stop yelling at your friends, <laughs> right? And um, but you have to learn how to communicate and say, hey, dude, don't kill me like that, or don't tear down my wall in Minecraft. That's not cool. Like, so you're learning problem solving and communication and how do I communicate with someone that I'm not looking at? Yeah. Which I think in today's digital world of social media and emails and text messages, learning to communicate without having a tone of voice involved. Well, you have a tone of voice because you're talking to them. Yeah. But not being able to, to be able to learn to communicate and problem solve while not physically with someone is huge mm-hmm. in 2020. And so I think those are all great reasons for video games. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I just, I think that's interesting. I, but I, I think that it, there's a lot of things, obviously, that, that can be gained in real world, real interaction with people. Um, if you all are able to go out to the park or go play Nerf War yeah. or whatever. But there's a lot of times that schedules don't allow to be able to get together. Um, and so it's not, it's not like, hey, this is, this is better than, but you still are able to do all the same things in a video game. And I think it, I don't think it's any worse. Mm -hmm. Um, And especially when just times don't permit trying, I mean like, Oh, well it's, it's 9am 10 moms have to grab their kids and head over to this place for an hour and then go pick them up again and bring them back. Or they can just all jump online and play some video games and have a lot of the same experiences that it's just, it's just more feasible a lot of times. Yeah. Well, and 
I find it interesting too. I don't know. Well, I don't know how many moms differentiate between video games and movies. I feel like a lot of moms in my circle of friends, they kind of see it all as the same thing. But there are some moms who are okay with their kids watching a Disney movie, but they're not okay with them doing video games. Now, to me, I guess the only thing I could say if there's violence in the video game, um, and but we can control. The other thing I'd say is control because in a video game, um, as long as you're not playing online, like there's no one coming into your world or anything like that. I mean, you, you can control that, but I just find that like, it's interesting to me. I know Ben doesn't, <laughs> I like TV. Ben doesn't really care for TV unless it's informational. Like the other night staying up late to watch how a hydroelectric power plant in Zurich works or not Zurich, wherever country we were in, we were in, where is it? Switzerland. I don't know. We were, no, we were in Austria. Anyways, so that's the type of TV we watch is... <laughs> well, that I like to watch. I like to watch documentaries. I want to learn something if I'm going to watch it. I don't... But anyway, yeah. I always tell Ben to put something on the TV at night that'll help me go to sleep. And <laughs> Sweet documentary time. Sweet. Time, time to learn about hydro plants in, in Austria. But anyway, um, so I just find that there, it's interesting because for Ben, you don't really feel that there's any difference between books and video games. I, I, I'm not saying that, but most of the video games I like to play, like Destiny, have a big story involved in them, and I'm learning something. And if I say, what's the difference between that and some random novel by somebody that was written in the 1500s or whatever, like, it's a story they wrote. And, You're and punching below the belt with these homeschool moms I, right now. Well, that's my opinion. They can have their own. <laughs> but if it's, if it's a fictional story made up, then there's... There's really no difference. That person had the medium of a book to write their fictional story. And these architects have the ability to uh, put their story in a video game that people can interactively play through. And so I don't... If you're learning about a story that's made up, I don't see what the difference is between a movie, a book, a play. There's other experiences involved in them. Mm -hmm. But if you have that book that you're just so excited about that you couldn't put down... I don't see any difference between that and the, the next made-up story on a video game. And this, this is, is coming story. from someone who was homeschooled before it was legal, or barely legal. Oh, it was legal. <laughs> 19, 1980 is when it became legal. Oh, wait, 1980. We it just came on the 30 years. Five. So, okay, and you and you were five years old in 1985. So, okay, <sighs> the first year it was legal. He started homeschooling. So, I mean, so he's been homeschooled K through 12 on an apple orchard, guys. So he's, you know, very There's a lot of work done. A lot of work. Orchard. But I'm saying he, you know, and he still loved video games. And on top of it, he is um, in our um, in our circle of friends. You are as successful, if not more than quite a few of the people we know. Um, and also intelligent-wise, you are often sought after for your intelligence in many areas. I have, I just have more training experience. I mean, it's... But that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying is you absolutely love video games. You hate books, but here you are. <laughs> well, you don't hate books. I don't hate books. You're, I'm just saying you're going kind of a bit against the uh, grain here as far as homeschooling is concerned, where people are concerned that video games are mind-numbing and um, they're not going to help a, a child grow and learn and become a a free thinker, someone who deeps, who thinks deeply. But yet for you, when it comes to theology and Bible, you think deeply. 
And also you have to think deeply to problem solve at your work. And you still come home and love to play a couple hours of video games at night, you know? Yeah. I guess my, my hate for books, as you so call it, is the fact that I have to read I have to read a lot of technical manuals and think really hard at work to do a lot of things and to problem solve and accomplish a lot of tasks. So mm-hmm. it's not a relaxing thing for me. It's not something I'm enjoying just to relax because mm-hmm. I've already had to do a lot of that at work. Mm-hmm. And that's a work, it's associated with a work thing for me. So it's not a, you know, if, if you were a, a Olympic swimmer and you had to swim 10 hours a day, you're not going to go home and swim another two hours a day because for fun, like okay. I was just in the pool for 10 hours. I don't want to do that again. But you're also, you've always said too, that you're a little bit of a slower reader, right? Compared yeah. to me or whatever. Well, and, and I think that's because I have, I, I can't skip ahead and everybody I've talked to who reads fast they read sentences or paragraphs at a time, and they're they're like looking at it and and more or less picking the the gist of it out, mm-hmm. and not sitting there reading every word. And you can't do that with the technical manual. You have to read every word and understand. Mm-hmm. So I have really high comprehension and understanding, but I'm slow because I actually have to read everything. Right. So I guess that's where the balance comes in. And this was a question that was asked um, on of me yesterday, which is how do you instill a love for reading when someone loves video games? And Harrison. You can speak to that. You enjoy reading? I love reading. Yeah. I read every night in bed, mm-hmm. reading various different novels and stuff. How many hours a night would you say you're averagely read? Uh, one to two and a half. Hours? Uh, yeah. Hours every day, uh, every night. Oh. In it, general. In general. Some nights I'm just too sleepy and I just go right to bed. And sometimes you're up till four reading. Not till four. four. I've never, I've never (laughs) not fallen asleep after four or two. Two a.m. But there are still nights where he'll stay up reading late. And so I think that's the difference is, yes, we're 100% okay with video games. I'm going to be dead honest. Harrison can easily play two hours of video games in a day. And I don't bat an eye because... On the flip side of it, he'll go at night and read, physically read, not just listen to books, although he does like to listen to books. But for the most part, he physically reads books for an hour and a half to two hours a night. Or, well, and also I read aloud to them in the mornings, every morning for school. And those books usually, um, well, this last year, they were all the Challenge A books for classical conversations you had to do. But we tend to read a lot of missionary biographies and historical fiction as well in the morning. So that's kind of how you do it is like you have to model it. If you don't like video games, that's fine but if you want your kids to read and have um academic prowess i guess you would say then you have to model that um you can't um not be a reader and expect your kids to be a reader um it just won't happen and so i do i read a lot of books um uh this year i I read like a book a week i would say is my normal um ben's looking at me funny and just for the record it's not that (laughs) it's the reading literally i just that enjoyment of sitting there flipping pages isn't there. I do enjoy stories yeah, and like yeah. listening to stories. So I'm doing the audiobook thing. And for the record of our of our 2020 challenge on Goodreads right now, <sighs> Molly is at 21 out of her 52 books, which is pretty good. I happen to be at 27 out He's of at 52. Books. So but I've read more. You can, you can listen to them. I can listen to them while, while I'm, I'm doing other work a lot of times yeah. at work, which is great. So I'm yeah. just saying, it's not that I hate stories and things it's just not a relaxing i'm just gonna get great and but also too we're also saying we don't think there's a hierarchy between reading books and video games that's we're saying that they have different applications right 
because you're not really problem solving when you're reading a book. No, you're, you're not. You're not doing conflict. Mind numbing, listening to somebody's story. <laughs> That's what it is. You're not. You're, there's no conflict <laughs> resolution, interpersonal conflict resolution when you're reading a book. Unless you're reading a so-called self-help book. If you're right, you're reading right, right. some sort of instructional. Yeah. So. Yeah, so that, so that's kind of just some things to think about. The other thing is uh, job opportunities for video gamers, and we're not talking about going into the video game industry, right. but actually, um, there's other jobs that require extreme hand-eye coordination with visuals, like um, surgeons who do robotic surgeries. Now, um, they literally use robots, yep. right, for the yep. surgeries. And drone operators. Drone operators. ROV operators, which is kind of the same thing, but underwater. Um, a lot of them actually use straight-up Xbox or PlayStation controllers to fly their multi-million dollar drone to drop bombs. Yeah, so for <laughs> Army, for all of that stuff like that. Um, and also to... Um, there's just, there's just a lot of different jobs that go into play when you're talking about video gaming um, that aren't straight-up video games you know, proper. Um, I don't know. What other jobs were we looking at for, um, we're just talking about, I mean, I think there's just so many because you're talking about that extreme hand-eye coordination thing. Um, there's also in the social gaming games, there's lots of team building team problem solving that has to happen. Um, versus playing by yourself. I think, I think there's quite a bit of difference from, from just playing. So, purely by yourself versus playing a game that's that's a socially driven game. Um, so so problem solving, great communication, being able to relate what you're doing and how that's going to affect the game and what you need other people to do, getting together and getting a, an agreement of how you're going to tackle a problem. What's interesting is that um, also, too, they say memory and attention is actually greater for video gamers, which this is the number one issue is that you, we think it's mind numbing. And so they're going to have a worse memory. But Harrison this year was a memory master for CC. Well, last last year. Yeah. So while he's playing multiple hours a day in video games, on average, in all honesty, he was also a memory master for CC. Yeah. For those that don't know what that is, it's you can look at I won't explain it here, but it's a big deal <laughs> for memory master for classical conversations. Um, it's just it's the massive test at the end of the year that only three kids he's Three kids last was, year. Yeah, it was three kids. The, yeah. There was a fourth one. But, she, but anyways, three kids did, in the whole entire program actually completed it. And so that's what I'm saying is his memory is actually quite great. Um, yeah, and I'm not saying that's because of video gaming. Um, I wouldn't say that. But I'm saying is his memory is not. Um, it's not getting worse. It's degraded? not degraded. <laughs> you know, um, because yeah. he couldn't do it. Um, yeah. And, th and this is an article on Engadget here. Um, they're stating a, bu a bunch of the benefits that for video games is in improving coordination, improving problem solving skills, enhancing your memory. Um, it, it improves your brain speed to take in and process stimuli and be able to process that faster. Your multitasking skills, your social skills of communication. And I mean, honestly, at, at work, I'm constantly um, told how much more I am able to multitask than other people. And it's 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 a real thing looking at mm -hmm. some of these, you know, a generation older that they're trying to do stuff and they they don't have the ability to multitask as well. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a I, I mean, where that benefit comes from, I don't know at this stage of my life, you know, how much video games played into me being able to do that. But it's definitely something marked that I do have better multitasking skills 
and I did play video games, so at least it didn't hinder it in any right. sort of way. And I think, obviously, we're not saying that um, going out into nature and being outside, like, we're not... Obviously, that's necessary. We need to be outside and in the world, and we need to, you know, have exercise and do all that stuff. But you have to think about the fact that when you're out on a hike by yourself, there isn't any um, multitasking happening. You're walking, you know. Um, walking and not tripping. That's walking kind of. and not tripping. <laughs> Eating you know, and... So like, but obviously, there's amazing benefits to being outside, but also there can be multi- many benefits to video gaming. You know, when you're having to talk to someone, to coordinate with your hands, to, you know, do whatever you're trying to do in the game, and trying to listen to mom who's yelling at you from up the stairs, you know, while you're talking to your friends. That's a lot of multitasking involved. And so there's that aspect. But then, yeah, go outside. Harrison likes to ride his bike. Yeah. He rides his bike. He reads at night. So it's a balance for sure. But I guess the main thing of all of this is what I'm saying is, yes, there's a balance and everything else, but you should not feel guilty for allowing your son or daughter to play video games for a moderate amount of time. You shouldn't have that tinge of guilt because you've listened or you've read that one article that says video games are horrible for you. Because although that... that article that you read is out there it doesn't make it accurate just like I think as homeschooling moms if we honestly believed all of the studies out there for everything we wouldn't be homeschooling our kids we wouldn't be choosing to have home births or births in birthing centers not traditional hospitals we wouldn't be choosing to use oils because how often do scientists say oils you know essential oils don't work (laughs) or all that stuff and then it's funny to me that all of a sudden we decide this one article on video gaming from some random person says that video games are bad. We're going to believe that when it's experience tells us otherwise. And I understand you might not have you might not know very many people who know someone who was homeschooled K through 12 who lived on video games. Well, not lived, played enough <laughs> video games, enough video games to say you played a lot but you also ran in the orchard. You also, you know, did school, works, did all worked, the stuff. Worked in the orchard. Worked in the orchard. <laughs> no writing. And so there's, the, there's that. So I hope that this podcast gives you the freedom to say, hey, my son or daughter is actually learning something while we're playing video games. And that um, there is a benefit to them when done in moderation. And yeah, I don't know. What do you guys do? Is there any final words on this? No? No. Oh, um, the other thing that you were saying, the last thing, oh. is Harrison is a storyteller. Oh, yeah. He likes I, writing. He actually um, has a little newspaper, family newspaper, he throws together now and then, just for our family here in the house, um, and some other fun stuff. But you actually, t- tell him what you were saying about being a storyteller. Well, I like I like games that have more stories, and that's, that's kind of why I like. That's another reason why I like playing, because I, I like listening to it to stories and actually it feels like you're actually a part of them when you're playing and being a character in those stories and it's one of the main reasons I like books as well but you can't change what's happening when you're in a book mm-hmm. if you're if you're in a video game you're playing a video game you can have somewhat of you can change what's happening and have a say in what the, in what the story is actually going to turn out to be yeah, so it's like you get to control the narrative. Yeah. The story. Yeah. And so I think that's probably 
as a man, and we believe Harrison needs to grow up and lead a family someday and be in charge of a household, he's naturally going to want to lead and be in charge, and he's going to want to be a problem solver, because that's two main considerations of being a husband and a father. And so that's what he's doing in video games, is he's trying to help the narrative along in the way that he sees best fit, and he's trying to problem solve. Yeah. See, a lot of my friends, when we're playing together, they always um, let me lead them. Because mm. they say, normally I have just the best ideas on how to do everything right to make sure huh. we can actually win. Oh. It's like, because there was something that's like, wait, should I do this? Should I do that? Or what's going what's to happen if I do this? Are we going to lose? Yeah, so you're teaching other boys how to <laughs> problem solve as well by leading. Yeah, yeah, so I just think that's great. So... Yeah, I, I found I find that interesting as well um, for Harrison's perspective. I mean, we can go into more detail about obviously if your son is naturally prone to violence and they play video games and then they start wanting to cut you up or whatever, like, <laughs> then don't play it. I mean, we're not talking about a, the extreme examples. That's here. a morality issue. Yeah, it's that's, a morality. That's it's not, a sinful character trait. That's it's not. A, yeah, nobody's gonna see that and and see how you can drop bombs with the jet and decide like it, it's unrealistic to pull that as being a reason that it happens from a video game versus that person's predisposed to that sin and it's it's a morality issue with right. the person individual not a video game right. An example out in left field about this is, is like I've read up on Tourette's and other syndromes like that. And they say people who swear, like children who swear with Tourette's, it's not because that's what naturally comes out of them. It's that they've heard the swearing elsewhere and they repeat that swear word versus that's why there's kids with Tourette's who don't swear because their parents don't swear. Yep. And it's kind of the same kind of thing. Like video games isn't going to be the make or breaker of your kid's natural tendency to violence. Um, Harrison, unfortunately, is actually one of those kids who tends to get beat up in life versus hitting. Like, you wouldn't hit someone, but you have had problems with kids hitting you. Yeah? I guess. I guess. No. It hasn't happened in a while because he's gotten older. But when he was younger, he would be, he has a tendency to um, tear up instead of yell. Or you have a tendency to be hit instead of to be the one hitting. So well, you're not the aggressor. You're not the. You're not an aggressive person. You're you're just like your dad. You're very compassionate and kind-hearted, um, which makes yeah. up for my lack of empathy for most people. So, <laughs> but but um, that's why we balance each other out, Daddy and I. Um, but um, so obviously, we're talking about kids' personalities. If your kid has issues when playing video games, then that's a different story. We're not talking about all that. I mean, we are talking about it now, but just in general, the normal kid, the whole point is, mom, don't feel guilty about video games. Right. They can be very good. So. <laughs> or just as good. Or just as good. Whatever. Okay. Well, if you, we, I will put a blog post together with some of the articles that we kind of half referenced here um, in here. So if you want to see that, you can see in a blog post. If you have any comments or questions, please message me on Instagram or Facebook um, and feel free to subscribe to this blog post, this once blog, this podcast, podcast. I thought it was podcast. this once every six month podcast <laughs> that I'm doing Seems right like now. A good schedule. <laughs> All right, guys, have a great day wherever you are.